everybody get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. A foodie born and bred, my wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a check for under $20. Because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but Foodie married Beast anyway, and together we've got the Food and Wine Variety Show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis on a beautiful weekend here in D.C. Especially hot. beautiful because we're about to leave D.C. It's also true. Let's go. <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, we've got a great show today. Um, you know, we always like to have cocktails on the show, and today we've brought in a guy that the Washington Post has called a cocktail wizard. Woo! Yeah, man. He's Andy Bixby. He's creative director of beverage at the Imperial, and he's in today. We're going to find out some of his trade secrets, and we'll frankly find out if the Post praise is justified yeah, or not. Yeah, really. You get ready. Got my throat. Dude, you better be on your A game. That's all I can say. All well, right. So, yeah, you well. We'll Thanks see. for having me. I think I brought some A-game quality stuff Okay, here. wait, we're doing intros. Yes, we're doing intros. Wait, Andy's Andy. so anxious. Now now he feels like the gauntlet has been thrown here. Okay. <laughs> Thanks to the pandemic, uh, I think you folks know there's a dearth of trained hospitality uh, workers for the front and back of uh, the house and restaurants all across the greater metro area. Howard Community College is helping to replenish the pool of skilled workers with classes to earn baking and pastry certificates, a culinary arts certificate, and the man in charge of all that is Professor, I love saying that, Professor Tim Banks. He's the department chair for the Center of Hospitality and Culinary Studies at uh, the college. And he's with us today to talk about the program. And also, Nick, you'll have to remind people about the podcast you did with mm-hmm. Tim, too, because it's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Casey Vogel is a lover of all things carbonated, whether it's a Spike Seltzer happy hour or her daily diet Coke. That's her line. Mm-hmm. Uh, she loves them so much, she actually wrote a book about it called The Hard Seltzer Cocktail Book. She's a bubbly conversationalist. Get it? Bubbly? No, uh, bing mm-hmm. bong. And we're going to chat with her in a little bit. And Maryland native Naisha Williams is the, she's a chemist. She's a, she's, I mean, she's serious stuff, but she's also the owner and pastry chef of Golden Flower that opened on Kennedy Street in Petworth, right? Yes, it's up right Yeah, okay, yeah. And she's got a great story to tell. Um, and, but I do have to tell you, she was actually invited to audition for the great British baking show, and she turned them down. But I'm thump. I okay. would audition for nude radio hosts. I would never turn them down, but you did it. So she's focused, and we're going to hear all about it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we're not joined by uh, the folks from Central Farm Markets today because they're on vacay, but we do want to remind you that there is fresh, fresh, fresh stuff at the markets. Nick, you want to tell them about it? Yeah, so every week, you know, either Deb Moser or Mitch Berliner, they are the founders of Central Farm Markets, which is um, all over the D.C. metro area, and their markets are really amazing. David and I regularly go to the one at Pike and Rose, which is on Saturdays. Of course, you have the fabulous one in Bethesda uh, on Sundays and the one out in Virginia. They really curate an incredible group of producers and makers and uh, distillers and brewers. So there's lots of things that you can check out at the market. And and this is the peak. We are stone fruit, tomatoes, melons, lettuces. I mean, this is the moment to get some of the best produce that's happening in the summer. So don't forget Central, Central Farm Markets. Uh, you can check them out on online centralfarmmarkets.org or check them out on Instagram and you can see everything that they have going on because just because Deb and Mitch are out of town doesn't mean it's not happening. Doesn't mean we're not fans. Okay, All right, speaking to- of checking things out, we're about to check out Andy Bixby's skill sets here. Uh, he's the creative director of beverage at the Imperial. 
you're a cocktail wizard. How did you get to be one? Were you born a wizard? Uh, who knows? I mean, I guess. Is this like a Harry, Harry Potter, Potter thing? Yeah. 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 Like, Potter where are we going you, with this? Did your parents say Shazam? This baby's going to be a mixologist. Uh, you know, I think it was. I think it was uh, again some runes and some mm. sigils written around the cradle mm. when I was when I was nursing and everything like that. Um, no, I mean, I think I I always loved the the creative sides of food. I grew up. Uh, I couldn't watch TV that wasn't educational TV, so I tricked my parents into thinking that Food Network was educational TV. It is a little bit. I believe so, and I will stand by that. I will die by that. Okay. Uh, and, and so I always wanted to be a chef. But then, when you were a kid, that's what you watched. You yeah. didn't watch Jimmy Neutron or anything like that. No, you watched... I, had, I watched educational TV <laughs> okay, after there's... like after like like Saturdays and stuff like that. I could watch other things, but yeah, like weekdays. Okay, I'm sorry. Educational TV. It's you're, okay. You're not a wizard. You're brain damaged. But okay. <laughs> um, so like, I always wanted to be on that creative side of the food, but then uh, I started working in the industry, and I was a bar back, a food runner, a server, a busser, everything. And then I always saw how much fun the bar the bartenders had, mm-hmm. and I always like, all right. They're making more money, they're having more fun, and they get to kind of be creative. So I was like, I've got to get there. As soon as I turned 21, I had, my brother had gotten me a job, I think, like six months before at a place called Smith Commons. In, uh, first course, job in sure. D.C. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, as soon as I turned 21, I was like, please get me behind this bar. And then I felt that same kind of creativity that I could kind of just start making things for people and asking them. I used to have this... Probably annoying to everybody else I worked with, but I would be like, give me three adjectives. And I would stop and I would make somebody this cocktail revolving around some three random adjectives they would give me. It set my other bartenders making 40 cocktails in the time it's taken me to make like five because I'm like trying to like run around and grab 15, 20 ingredients. But once I started to get a little bit better and dive into it, I really started to fall in love with what can be put into a glass and how we can really start to like change the experiences that we can get and yeah Brittany's kind of harped on some of the other things that I've been able to do or, or gotten to do and and I like to kind of bridge that kitchen and that bar mentality well I really um, love that and obviously you sort of came up uh, at the right time because the last 15 years has seen a yes. real cocktail revolution yes. not just in the city but nationally and everywhere. abroad I everywhere. mean everywhere right Absolutely. so very right place right time um, and you're also at a place that is known for its vintage liquors. Yep. I mean, the collection there some is the, outrageous. Some of the spirits I've gotten to work with, working with this company, working with Bill Thomas, the things that he curates, thing dates dating back. Okay, to the, we're just just for a second. I yeah. just have to like preface this so people understand. I mean, we've had Bill Thomas on the show multiple times, but my last show with Bill, we talked about how over like what the last thirty years or whatever, he has bought like cases of liquor. Mostly that, whiskey, right? He's a collector. Well, no, he has that, but he's got, for <clears throat> Imperial, he's got all sorts of yeah. other ones. And so he buys them because he knows they're going to be important yes. later. So yes. there is this whole network of people who buy vintage liquors and then, like, sell them just like you would wines. It's It was gobsmacking. I could, And then people now want to pay, like... So much money for them. I mean, think it about blows my mind. Think about the the production methods that happened back then. The the regulations that have happened to change production methods since then. Mm-hmm. The the yeah. the ingredients, the non GMOs, like the the way that things used to be versus how they are now. It's it, the flavor profiles are so different. And spirits have this really cool way of of kind of building and growing and maturing in a bottle. Okay, like, Andy, tell us what we have right now, and then we're going to get back to, yes. like, the Imperial and what's been happening there. So what did you make us? So this first one I want to start us off a little bit lighter. This is kind of a Manhattan riff, um, but this is called our Par for the Course. Um, so it's a twist on a Manhattan and a Raspberry John Daly. It's gorgeous. So, okay, uh, we'll come back to you. A yes. Raspberry okay, great. John Daly. Okay. <laughs> he is so, a Raspberry. Um, earlier <laughs> this year, 
I had the opportunity to have Tim Banks on my other show, Industry Night on Real Fun DC, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. And uh, the the real focus of the show was, you know, everybody keeps talking about staffing shortages, especially in the hospitality industry, although it is really affecting small retailers and et cetera. But, um, and, and what Tim does is he is part of this program at um, Howard County Community College. And I just thought, wow, here is a way to solve some of the problems. So, Tim, I want to thank you so much for coming in and joining us today. We certainly don't have the time for the deep dive that we did on the show. Um, but I'd love to, for you to tell people about you and your background a little bit and then get into this program because I think what you're doing is amazing. Sure. Uh, well, thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Mm -hmm. And uh, over at Howard Community College, what we're doing is we're creating pathways for student success. So students are coming in looking for career destination opportunities. Uh, there's transfer opportunities to other schools, but we really focus on getting them to work as quickly as possible. I came from a community college setting in Houston, Texas. I was there for, oh, about 10 years at a school there and developed their culinary program. So coming here, I had the opportunity in 2018 to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. So really build it out. Uh, the, the facility's been renovated. So it's got some state-of-the-art, not just equipment, but technology embedded in as well. So we're teaching the contemporary way to work versus the old school way, kind of come in, we'll teach you our way, and then good luck. cut you loose. Yeah, yeah, good luck. We teach you a universal way so you can walk in anywhere and have opportunity at your, at your so, fingertips. So what does that look like? Because honestly, I, you know, I think Andy uh, said something that I thought was interesting. He watched the Food Network and he wanted to be a chef. And then he got to the restaurant industry and realized, oh, there's so many other roles for me. So when you bring students in, how do you sort of show them that, like, not everybody gets to be the star? Sometimes you get to be, like, what's it called? Um, supporting cast. Supporting cast. Yes, right. thank you. That's why I'm here. By yes, the way. thank you. <laughs> Plug in the um, so really what pregnant we do pauses. Is we show them the different opportunities in the industry that best fits their personalities and where they want to land. Mm -hmm. Not everybody's a people person, so they might not want to be a server or right in the front of the house. They may fit great in the back of the house. We may have a chatty person that likes to talk and play and move around in the back. Like Andy. Yeah, right. we need to get to the front right? because be that energy is needed out there to be engaging. Mm -hmm. So we try to identify what it is their big goals are and how to tailor their programming to fit so that they can actually be happy in it. There's nothing worse than going through a program, getting the certificate or degree, and then, and then your job jump, right? You say, I don't want to be here anymore. I'm going someplace else. There's so many aspects to the industry. Research and development is huge, right? So mm -hmm. that's a big one. You could become an entrepreneur owner, start your own business. You could go the corporate route and work with some amazing corporate restaurants and hospitality businesses that will grow you with them. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's a great foundation to well, build. Let me ask about outreach because... Um, I own a marketing agency and we represented a, you know, for-profit college for a couple of years and they had a big, you know, cooking school mm -hmm. thing. Um, and they had a lot of problem getting, you know, targeting their audience and getting the message out for people to even stop and go, Hey, yeah, maybe I could do that. Now, how do you reach out? We try to do a lot of outreach one through word of mouth, right? We mm -hmm. talk about our programming constantly. Sometimes that's the best sell is students talking to family, friends, mm. showing them what they've learned, talking about their experience. 
that's a big cornerstone. Then we keep a website that we enhance repeatedly throughout the year with different uh, visual things that'll stimulate someone to say, oh, that could be me. Uh, we have celebrations on campus that we invite folks to. So it's a lot of ways that we try to reach out and show folks what we're doing and that we're not just this secret little school in Howard County, that we actually are doing some pretty dynamic things as well. Well, listen, we have to take a quick break, but when we come back, I want to talk about, you know, sort of the engagement at the school, a little bit more about the program. Sure. And, um, and, and I have a couple other questions. Anyway, as I always do, this is David and Nikki Nellis. Uh, it is Foodie and the Beast. We are drinking delicious cocktails and talking about really fixing the staffing issues in the hospitality industry. Uh, we'll be back in just a sec. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're talking to Professor Tim Banks about a program at Howard County Community, excuse me, Howard Community College. Um, to, the, really, to help repopulate and replenish the the, the census of um, hospitality workers in the area. Well, so one of the things I wanted to talk about, Tim, is when when people come in, I think, you know, especially over the last 18 months, you know, the industry has gotten battered and bruised, right? Not just because yes. there's a major lack of employees, but also, you know, fair wages. Like, there's all these conversations out there. So how can you communicate with the students or prospective students. I, I mean, I think the industry, my son is in the industry. I think the industry is a great place for a career. There are some issues and I think they are being hopefully addressed, but how do you engage with your students and the community to say, this is a career path? We do that by teaching the skill set and the soft skills needed to get out there and make it happen. So we're teaching very fundamental things as well as very advanced skill sets at the same time. Mm -hmm. And in that, we're hoping that the students and what they're experiencing in our programming, that they're echoing that back in the industry. So that's the biggest takeaway from it is that when you hire someone that's been through a program and received a certificate or degree, that you know they're qualified and passionate about the work. Creating that passion is our goal. Right. right. We have to create that passion and engage them to want to be a part of the hospital. So, you know, um, L'Academy de Cuisine was mm -hmm. a major culinary school here in the area. It's long gone. Yes. And a lot of chefs in this area really lament the loss of the school. Not that they taught business acumen, which they did not, or service, which they also did not. But they supplied interns right. to the entire D.C. metro area. And I'm wondering if that's not something your program can sort of step into for both front of the house and back of the house uh, because there's That's so much need. That's a brilliant idea. I know. I am Did you just come up with that? It's been simmering. Nicely done. Mm -hmm. Well, we are definitely hoping to supply that need. Our students go through a 15-week internship program mm -hmm. on the culinary and the hospitality side, mm. and we're always looking for opportunities to place students. we got plenty of opportunities so, yeah, out there, we man. Got, we got boatloads of it, right? Yeah. But we need the students to place in these positions as well. Do so it's a it's a chicken and egg. Sides. It's a chicken, yeah, and, chicken egg. and egg, right? Mm -hmm. Do you also teach them interview skills cuz that's often I, you know, I don't interview a ton of people every year, but you know, people come in and they look so qualified on paper and they can't, you know, like un, untie the knot in their tongues to just explain not just what the what they've done, but you know, why why they want to pursue, you know, that particular profession and what they bring to it. Sure, we definitely teach those types of interviewing skills, mm -hmm. job readiness skills. We echo that in a couple courses that we have where they're actually serving and interacting with the public. 
So that's a great opportunity right there. We allow the back of the house students to come out and introduce what they've prepared to the guest, to mm -hmm. take that fear away that you do have an opportunity to meet and mingle with guests. If you're back of the house as well, mm -hmm. your role is vital. The front of the house does a great job of hosting, waiting, managing. Mm -hmm. We're preparing them for that entry level management. We want them to know that you can grow here. So if we can get you in the door as an entry level manager, you may we've done make a great life job. out of this, right? Yeah, you can make a great life out of it. Uh, just one last question before we have to wrap up. One of the things I, I, I think that there is like this disconnect on for, I mean, all of us in this room, we're all in the hospitality industry and, you know, we understand it and appreciate it and, and, and have a desire and love for it. We're passionate about it. Um, but for people who didn't grow up going out to dinner, for people who have never sat in a restaurant and been served, how do you balance that? Because I, it's hard to understand hospitality if you haven't had it. So I and I think that there is an entire population of people who could be very successful in the hospitality industry, but who don't know about it. Right. And we try to model and echo that to the student mm -hmm. so that the student can see that the faculty, the staff, everyone present at the college is a hospitality experience. Mm -hmm. From the time you enroll, you're receiving a hospitality experience. I love that. So as you go through that process, you will pick up, I call them stones in the road, right? Mm -hmm. As you go through this process, you will get some nuggets from some folks and you will, in recall, say, I learned that from Chef David or Chef Tim showed me that. So I've got to model his behavior now so that I can get the same outcomes that he got. Mm -hmm. So it, it can be simple things like that, that they're experiencing it day to day by coming to class, showing up on time, and we receive them personally, right? Mm -hmm. We welcome them every day to class versus, you know, no comment, no contact, right. no nothing. Sit down. Right? Yeah, sit yeah. down and open your book. No, it's it's much more engaging than that to go experience okay. the process. To, All right, can you, we're going to have to wrap up, but will you tell everybody how to find you and how to yeah, get information please. on the program? Sure. The program is at Howard Community College website, www.howardcc.com. Dot edu, or you can give them a call. The phone number's there as well. Excellent. They'll be happy to welcome you in. You can also go to the list, areyouonit.com. Mm -hmm. All this information. Shameless plug once again. All right. All this information. And if you're interested in what Tim and I are talking about right now, check out the Industry Night podcast because we dove deeper. And mm -hmm. I just, it's great. And I want you to hang out because there's a couple of people I'm going to put you in touch with at the end of the All show. All right, let's go back to a guy that okay. probably didn't need a lot of help. <laughs> With interviewing <laughs> skills, Andy Big oh, Hire me, hire me, hire me. Come on, please, Thomas, please, please, please. Have this drink. Good job. All right, so. Um, so, Andy, you know what? We have our next guest on the line. Yeah. And what I'd like to do is uh, give it to her. Yeah. And then, so if you could just tell us what you're making next. Absolutely. And then we'll come back to you. Yeah. And then we can chat more. We're not going to forget you. We won't. You're I'm right here. I'm wearing bright colors. I know. You can't, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can't um, miss I do you. that on purpose. Okay. Uh, next one, I, we started with that, that John Daly in the Manhattan, but I wanted to keep us bright. So, this one we call the Eternal Sunshine. It's going to mm. be. In essence, a margarita style cocktail. It's tequila. Uh, we're making what we call a pepper box gum syrup. So it's a. I mean, you know, today is National Tequila Day. I, I mean, Saturday, not Sunday. What? Just so you know. This is kismet. Wonderful. Right. I love this. Um, uh, we took fresh squeezed orange juice and we we add some citric and malic acids to it, so it works like a lemon or a lime. So it's big, bright, and refreshing, but still tastes like that orange. 
little bit of peach liqueur, and then this uh, that pepper box gome, which is hatch, guajillo, chipotle, and habanero peppers, and kind of a cold infusion on the syrup. So not super hot, but all that aroma and the the, the flavor profiles. Think dry hopping versus wet hopping. Okay, bring How it How much on. coffee did you have this morning? All right. <laughs> this is me, baby. All right. All right. Casey Vogel. Are you there, Casey? I'm here. Good morning. Hi, Casey. Hi. How so are you? You're an interesting subject because you say you're a lover of all things carbonated. Of course, I referred to you as bubbly when we introduced you, you earlier. You missed that. It was so perfect. <laughs> but you, you, you love it so much that you love everything from, you know, hard seltzer to Diet Coke. And you wrote a book. You wrote the Hard Seltzer Cocktail Book. What? Well, can we back up a little bit? At what bit? age did you start drinking? <laughs> Since you look like you're about 10. Yeah. At what point in time did you start drinking seltzers? Our daughter is 18. She's drinking them. So, I mean, I get it. But we don't know that she is. <laughs> well, for you know, all legal purposes, 21 years old is the legal drinking age. Right. But I can tell you that you know, college is a great place. Sometimes you experiment a little early when it comes to alcohol. Um, I am deceiving looking. I have definitely been drinking for many years, so thank you for that compliment. Um, but hard seltzer is a kind of new phenomenon, and it's only really been in my life the last couple of years, but I've been absolutely obsessed ever since it kind of came on this like mainstream market. Well, so I just have to say, I mean, when I was younger and I'm totally dating myself, you know, like what we drank was those stupid, and I could put in a bunch of curse words here, wine coolers, right? Which was just like sugar, sugar, sugar. They were like a hundred cal- like 100,000 calories a piece. Like I-, I probably got so fat from drinking all those wine coolers. Because yeah, nobody, nobody said, these are like a ton of calories. So I, I've, I don't personally drink hard seltzers, but I'm fascinated by the concept. So can you talk a little bit about Heart seltzers, a little bit about what people are putting in them and and how people are using them? Yeah, absolutely. So as probably most people listening know that there are so many different types of hard seltzer now. Some of the big brands like White Claw or Truly kind of started the the current movement, but there Mm -hmm. are so many, many different like brands, companies that are coming out with this. And what are they? What, like what's in them? They're, most of them are made with fermented cane sugar. So they're kind of, they're malt liquor, like like wine coolers, like Zimas of our past. Um, And a lot of them are made with cane sugar, but not all of them. There are like new, new seltzer-like things that are coming out. There's one called Juneshine that's like actually made with tea, sort of like a hard kombucha. Mm. Travis Scott's is like made with agave. So there's a lot of different ways and different versions of seltzers that have now come out, but they're essentially fermented, some some sort of fermented sugar in order to- Well, if they're that. fermented, isn't that healthy? Like fermented is really good for your gut, right? That's what they say, particularly with the kombucha. So right. um, that's what I tell myself every single day. But if it's made with cane sugar, how are they so low calorie? Yeah, so essentially it's just the fermented cane sugar and then natural flavors. And so really the calories just come from that alone because all of the other added ingredients are mostly natural. So, mm-hmm. so it's super. So now what made you decide to write the book like what was it about seltzers like were you a, a LaCroix drinker because you know I always thought they were La probably Croix. LaCroix LaCroix <laughs> like I always thought people like Bothers when I first me. saw the hard seltzers I was like well this is a huge millennial thing you know like the the it's LaCroix right 
I'm saying it right. It's LaCroix. It, yes. It's LaCroix. But like LaCroix were so big. And it just seems like the the obvious next step to make them give you a buzz. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I think, I mean, seltzer, this kind of recent obsession with seltzer like with LaCroix is definitely like a very millennial thing a very recent thing and that's why I think actually it's hard seltzers and specifically are such a big thing in the U.S. Mm -hmm. there are hard seltzer you know the companies are rolling them out around the world mm -hmm. but other places have different relationships with um, seltzers and that kind of thing mm -hmm. so I feel like kind of was this kind of homegrown United States millennial Frankenstein's monster we've made to get to where we're at. And now we got the millennials mucking something else up. How <laughs> how did you put together all the recipes? Did with just from friends and the internet, or did you, you know, play was, chemist at home? It, it was a lot of trial and error. Let me tell you, because it is not as simple as you think. I went into this thinking, you know, I I make a lot a lot of cocktails. I'm not professionally trained, but. You're no Andy. What you're saying is you're no Andy. We hear what you're saying. I'm, it's okay. I'm de these recipes are definitely for the home bartender. Definitely nothing like Andy. His description of that last cocktail had my mouth watering, and I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> Trust me, the the recipes in this book are much more simple. But I had to I had to test a lot in order to get like the flavors to taste like the cocktails that we know. And not only so that, and be balanced. So listen, yes. um, Casey, we have to take a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to talk about the kind of recipes that are in there and what are some of your favorites. This Absolutely. is David and Nikki Nellis, Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a sec. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David, Nikki Nellis, and the bubbly Casey Vogel, who wrote a book, cool book, called The Hard Seltzer Cocktail Book. Well, it's not just that it's cool. It's just so, like... Refreshing. <laughs> refreshing. It's time appropriate. I mean, it's just so hot right now, uh, to take a line from another movie. Um, but uh, tell us about, uh, like, hard seltzer. Like, what made you decide to do cocktails with hard seltzers? Isn't there enough alcohol in the hard seltzer already? Not gonna lie, um, some of these cocktails in this book are quite dangerous. Mm -hmm. I suggest everyone imbibe carefully. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that I found myself doing with my friends at brunch, and it was mixing these seltzers with with liquors to kind of make them just like a punchier cocktail. Um, and I I'd done it a couple times, and then actually I saw it really start to blow up on TikTok. There were so many videos of people combining, kind of making hard seltzer slushies. And then that was the moment where I was like, everyone is clearly doing this. Anecdotally, I've been doing this. I think it really, really makes sense to, to think about this and how, how we can get a collection of recipes together. And so that's kind of how the book was born, really thanks to the ever-present TikTok and my own experiences. And so what would you say are some, like, do you have a preferred seltzer and then do you have preferred spirits that you're like these are such a match or is it just totally flavor profiling it really depends i personally am really into the kind of mango and grapefruit flavors of all the different brands of hard seltzer i think also known as what a deep intellectual my <laughs> wife is she knows it all i like pample mousse <laughs> my goodness <laughs> So like those are my chocolate favorite moves. flavors. They're really, those are my favorite flavors. But when it comes to mixing the liquors, I think 
there takes a lot of like kind of balancing flavors because with vodka and gin it's pretty easy usually the citrus flavors mix pretty well and easily but when we get to darker liquors it takes a lot more testing a lot more balancing and um I, I mean, whiskey isn't going to mix as easily with like a strange pineapple seltzer unless you do it very carefully. So mm. that was my experience working with the different liquors. Cool. Okay, listen, I want to thank you so much for joining us this morning. Um, you are sort of totally have your finger on the pulse of what's happening when it comes to hard seltzers right now because they are, again, so hot right now. Um, so where can we find your book and where can we find you on, I guess, TikTok or uh, Instagram, et cetera? Yeah, so you can find the Hard Seltzer Cocktail Book pretty much everywhere books are sold, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Um, you can get more information about me and the book at the publisher's website, ulyssespress.com. That's U-L-Y-S-S-E-S press.com. Great. Thank you so much for joining us today, Casey. If people know how to, don't know how to spell Ulysses, it's they not, got bigger problems. Yeah, they've got bigger problems. <laughs> okay. Thanks so much. Thank you right. so much. Okay, so Andy, we want to come back to you. So let's talk about the Imperial. Um, David and I went there. Yeah. Pre like, they opened like, what, like a month and a half, think, maybe two think, months? I, yeah, we got, we got January, probably about right? maximum six, I think. Yeah. Okay. yeah, we got about six, five or six before before pandemic hit. And I remember sitting in the banquettes like on, on the day before St. Patty's Day and just seeing in like an empty 18th Street and, and oh, watching I mean, just like, like the countdown. It, it was like sucking the air out. It was like. It was, it was a crazy, crazy feeling. I've, I'd always said that, you know, this, this industry was recession proof because everybody will still always want to come out. And, and it was a wild 180. You've never seen the movie Contagion. Then, okay. okay, so but, recession but, Contagion. But group. here's the thing that I think is really amazing, and we've talked about the resilience of the industry a lot. But uh, between Jack Rose and the Imperial, you guys, you know, did a lot of twists and turns to stay in business yeah. and be successful. Yeah. Pivoting had to happen. Right. Exactly. So let's talk about some of those things that you instituted, uh, from the itty bitty sandwich shop, yeah. to selling. Your liquors, etc. How did you guys? What did who? How did you do it? What you um, do? You know, I mean, it was. It's a. It's a, again, like I said, it's a total mindset change. We had to start thinking about to-go packaging. We started having to think about aesthetics, not with garnishes. Like we get to make things look great with how we present them and plate them, but it's a lot more difficult when you're using a plastic bottle with a. There's no tweezers in the house. Right. Like, exactly. You know. And, totally. and then that's the thing too. We have to make sure that it's something that's fun and viable for that home guest, that home bartender, that person that still wants the comforts of the the joys that we have of going out but when they had to have them at home um, so we ended up getting a lot of different packaging styles a lot of different uh, ways that we were trying to uh, package things out but I think one of the best things that we found were our large format kits um, we did itty bitty sandwich city so it was kind of I, I like that too it was kind of diametrically like like the opposites of things it was itty bitty sandwich city in in sliders and tiny sandwiches and then we were doing large format cocktail kits so that we could get people to take something home that had six to ten cocktails in it so they could make that at home <laughs> and when, one itty bitty sandwich because you're not going to be get you're one. not going to be driving you don't so. just get one I thought it was really brilliant because I thought one of the one of the issues was for restaurants who were batching cocktails and sending them home is they would batch a cocktail for like two. And I was like, that's where you're losing money. Because if somebody comes into the bar and they have a drink, 
We have another drink, right. or maybe another drink. That too right? should be for one person, and right, then, or exactly. just make it right. for four. So that's why make I it for it was six. So smart. Make it for eight. Right. Make it so that people can start to get things. And I know a lot of people started to do like quart containers of things, so that that mm-hmm. they could package them easily. We wanted to kind of rebottle them and make sure that they still had that aesthetic that we wanted. Can you guys still do? Does the city still allow you to sell? I'm I'm personally hoping it does not go away. I, I know New York, I think, yeah. just took it away. But mm-hmm. as long as we still sell a the food mayor item, is on board. I, I, I think I think we showed an incredible amount of uh, restraint and moderation in 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 relativity over the last six, eight months, like nine that. months that to go alcohol and, and outdoor alcohol drinking has been has been like activated. I think I've not seen. I mean, maybe I'm just except for January 6th. Yes. All we right. don't know how much alcohol was involved in that, and I can definitely tell you I probably wasn't serving it. So, that's right. Uh, that, right. That's a statement. What is this? Because it's so stunning. What am so I thinking? I think this is a perfect—I think Casey was a perfect segue for us because this is—I love all things carbonate. Mm-hmm. Carbonation gives me these nostalgic feelings of, of, like, cracking open a cold Sprite in a hot summer day. The bubbles, the effervescence, the brightness. He should be a copywriter. <laughs> <laughs> I do my, I do have to do my own copy, but this is our signature mm. cocktail at Imperial. Man, that's good. Thank mm. you. This is our gin and Imperial tonic. Mm. Um, that's really good. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I were, you in to, the, were you in the uh, the Ricky competition? Uh, I was. I was actually, I, I believe I won in, uh, I was the winner in 2018. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe it was 2018. Um, and then I got to judge in, no, it was 2017 because I got to judge in 2018, then right. 2019. But we're going down a rabbit hole. Yes, we are. Sorry, right. time. <laughs> All right, we're going we're gonna to take a quick break this from drink you. This is great. We're going to come back to you at the end because now we're going to get into baby. Now drinks. we're going to talk. We got, we got, with, with. With Professor slash Chef Tim Banks here, and now um, Naisha Williams, we have a brain trust. We do have a brain trust. We're never letting you guys out of the studio. So Naisha is a Maryland native. She's the owner and pastry chef of Golden Flower, which is on Kennedy Street in Petworth. The doors are hopefully opening this coming Friday. Friday? Yes. I'm going to say early August. All right. Okay. okay yeah. Well, she's like, it's <laughs> almost August, anyways, baby. So, all right, but but that is just the bare top layer of the story here. So, I'm only going to say that you have a BA in chemistry, and then you went to Oxford in the early 2000s to chase a PhD in biophysics, and let you tell the rest of the story because I can barely pronounce biophysics. Is that with an F or a PH? I, anyways, <laughs> go ahead. Oh well. gosh, where, where do I begin? Just where do I you know. Begin? Well, we only have about 12 minutes, minutes, so let's get through it. Uh, So, I mean, I got interested in baking, uh, or I took it seriously to relax myself while pursuing my graduate studies in the UK, and it just progressed from there. But how did, what was it about being, was it just because you were in a foreign country and it felt comforting to you? What was it that you wanted to bake while you were there? Did you want to engage with the other students, or how was it for you? Well, initially, I love pancakes. Okay. <laughs> I love pancakes, and crepes are really popular in Europe, not mm-hmm. American-style fluffy pancakes. That's true. So when I went to the local grocery store looking for pancake just add water. Yeah. Right, pancake they pancakes. <laughs> they didn't have it. And I was like, oh, no. They didn't have maple syrup either, did they? <laughs> no. Well, they had uh, they had some form of syrup oh. that was there. And so in Oxford proper, they didn't have it, but... I could get to London, and so London had American products. Stuff. Products, right? They had markets that were mm-hmm. catered towards uh, American expats. But so I had to figure out how to make my pancakes. But wait, <laughs> were you gluten free then? No, I was. Well, no, I was not diagnosed then. Okay. So I didn't know 
that I was gluten free, but I definitely was because I was having a lot of like other issues, other issues that were autoimmune related, like uh, uh, psoriasis, mm. bad bouts of psoriasis, a lot of dermatitis, and just they just said okay. You know, I was going to the herbalist. Your skin looks perfect now. <laughs> so, you got diagnosed with celiac. Yes, I got diagnosed with celiac in 2015. And was that a was that like a shock to your system? And you were like, I have to find ways to eat the things I love, even though I can't now ha- use classic products for baked goods. Did you go on a like a rabbit hole of experimentation? What did you do? Yes. Yeah, so when first getting diagnosed, I was like, oh. I can't have anything. So I picked up the things in the uh, supermarket and tried it and was like, oh, this is okay. But Mm. then. It's like wet, you know, mm -hmm. paper. Right. And then being just a chemist and I always look at ingredients. I turned about, I turned around on the back because I also have another hormonal disorder, PCOS. Mm. So it causes me to have, to have insulin resistance at times. So. I, I have to pay attention to ingredients. So when I looked at it, I said, starch. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to end up with diabetes. Mm. <laughs> like, right. like, okay, so trying to prevent from having, you know, my body break down from having celiac disease, I'm going to end up with diabetes because the majority of the items on the market that are gluten-free, they're devoid of all nutritional v- value. But, mm-hmm. Because one of the things in trying to recreate happiness for those who are celiac, um, those who grow up, you know, who find out from when they're born, they really don't know what they're missing. But a lot of people are getting diagnosed once they've had the opportunity to experience wheat in their Full life. Full taste, right. <laughs> right. Right, right. So uh, most uh, gluten-free flours are pretty heavy. So most gluten-free producers, they tend to um, load the products up with starches hmm. to lighten the product. You mean like... like, um, like uh, potato starch, I was gonna corn say, starch. Right, yeah. They're just in there. Tapioca starch, like sure. the first ingredient. And then most of them use rice flour. So rice, rice being a grain is one of the more starchier rices. And then they use white rice at that. So mm. you add it up. Yeah. <laughs> right. You have a. Uh, so anyway. how did you go about developing your recipes? So for me, that's when the chemist hat came back on. I was like, oh, great. I get to be a chemist again. So the two things happen. I need to figure out. I knew gluten was a protein. Mm-hmm. So how do I recreate this this structure in, in different items? And then can I make it as healthy as possible? You know, get it as, I guess, close to the nutritional um, profile as that of as wheat. As possible, right. Right. Well, that's interesting because we are talking about baked goods. Mm-hmm. But on that note, this is David and Nikki Nellis, Foodie the Beast. We'll come back. We're going to talk more deliciousness. Uh, we'll be back in a sec. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're talking with Naisha Williams, who is the owner and pastry chef of Golden Flower, a bakery in Petworth that is about to open another weekish, hopefully, week soon. or two. And we, I have to say, we are sampling some. I don't. This. What are we? What'd what you of, bring in? Tell us what you brought in. This is good. So everybody gets. So everybody <laughs> so gets brought it. in. So this is my cinnamon craisin sweet bun. So this is something Gorgeous. that I serve in the morning. Mm-hmm. I don't like raisins, so I mm, replace. I like raisins. So baker's bias, anything mm-hmm. that should, yeah. no, should You're probably bacon. traditionally be with raisins is going to be made with dry cranberries. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm all for that. That's the baker bias. Now, this is really good. And I'm, then I have these petite uh, citrus scones. Mm. I also have this strawberries and cream cookie that Yum. I just came up with. 
right, we're gonna have to make the show longer so we can. <laughs> and then we have mm. oatmeal craisin, and I have a coconut rum cake. Mm. Gorgeous. And so at the bakery, how are you planning on executing things like? Like with this morning bread, is that only available in the morning? Like, is it a classic bakery? Are you, is this a restaurant style? Let, let's talk about what it's, the, the feel is going to be like in there. So it's a cafe bakery. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now, um, having to pivot with the whole pandemic, mm-hmm. I'm hopefully be able to offer like outdoor seating mm-hmm. and a walk-up window. So uh, patrons would be able to definitely are initially implementing pickup and delivery. Mm-hmm. initially, as well as I'll have a pre-order um, component where you can pre-order a more extensive, uh, I guess, a more more variety of items. Mm-hmm. So online for pre-order, I have a variety of items that you can order as well as special ordering, whereas on the days that I'm open is a set menu where I have a... So, like, yeah, how do many, you need any interns? No, no, no. How many products will you have available, do you think, a day? So per day in the morning, we'll have scones, muffins, a fresh bread, mm-hmm. smoothie. Um, okay. I assume coffee you have a tea, right. you have a coffee program. Okay. And then in the afternoon, we're looking at uh, one fresh green salad, which would be seasonal, mm-hmm. as well as uh, pizza. Mm-hmm. And the pizza is going to be offered in traditional a gluten free pizza, gluten free pizza, right? uh-huh. as well as oh my god, uh, Andy is so <laughs> as well as with classic wheat, and then I'll have a cake, which would be a pound cake, yum, pound cake, um, the coconut rum cake, and then two choices of cookies that'll be. Here, let me ask you a question: because there's no wheat in this, mm-hmm. will people? I mean. Can you lose weight eating your your Okay, your but baked celiac goods? is not a diet. No, no, but I mean, wheat is the killer. Wheat makes a fat tummy and the whole... No, that is not true. No. That, no? That's why I said those who actually celiac, the current things that are predominantly on the market that are gluten-free, they're actually worse for you than wheat. Right. So wheat is full of nutrients. And a lot of the items that are gluten-free, that's what I was explaining, are devoid of nutri- nutritional oh. value. They're, they're just starch. So they just... Pretty much so I can't up. eat so this we, whole thing and lose weight. No, that's too bad. And then I, I do, you know, my premise is I call it clean <laughs> baking, whereas mm-hmm. I use just I try to use organic, natural, and locally sourced when possible, but also just what is necessary to create the product. Mm-hmm. So not a lot of additives. Everything is fresh. So I love breads because most people when they hear that you I bake, they're like, oh, can I get some cupcakes? And I'm just like, no, oh, no, no cupcakes, no. no cupcakes. You know, and they're no used to bread, and, and, and I let them know with my bread. I said, my bread is going to go stale within four hours. I bake twice a day, early in the morning for mm. the morning, and then mm. I'll bake again around 10 for your afternoon. Three o'clock, the bread's stale. And then what do you mean? I said, because it's fresh. Right. <laughs> There's no preservatives. I said, everything that um, that's in my products, you can pronounce for things that have wheat. Now, on the gluten-free items, because of the fact that like I said, I was on like a mission to create something that was as healthy as possible and resembled as close to wheat as possible. Well, so you I wanted texture, you wanted flavor. flavor. You didn't want it to be uh, dry un- or unnatural. <laughs> Boring, right. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you could cover it with chocolate. Yes. But that's not going to do it. Yes, I know. All right. Hey, tell everybody, please, where, where is Golden where they Flower? can find you. You can find me. Um, Virtually, I guess, on yes. the internet at goldenflowerdc.com. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the storefront is located at 441 Kennedy Street Northwest. Yes. Wait, did you ever get that PhD or you bagged it? We are actually, that's that's good. 
I am returning to the UK to be a guest professor to finally Look at finish you, it girlfriend. this uh, fall Whoa. at the um, wow. Excellent. National excellent, Cancer excellent. Institute yeah. of the UK. I'm being a visiting professor. What was that line from the, the movie? Look at the brain on you. <laughs> Look at the brain on Brad. Look at the brain on Brad. All right. So that was great. So Thank let's you. go back to Andy Bixby, who was has Bixby. been. Huh? Yeah, go ahead. What You're trying to. I, I know how to say Bixby. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. What's the matter with you? Yeah. Anyways. So um, uh, you're obviously cheering the the the, Absolutely. the opening I, of a bakery think, yeah, that your wife Aisha can. Yeah, I is awesome. Everything that I got to hear is so cool. I'm so excited that, again, crazy, just uh, beautiful synchronicity of the world. That it is. I'm, it I'm is. here on a day. So, Sweet. Andy, we have about four minutes left. Tell yeah. us about uh, what is happening at the Imperial now, now that we're like, I hate saying post-pandemic because we're not entirely we're there yet. We're post pandemic But no, we're, we're post-pan-ish. Yeah, that's true. So um, what's happening at the Imperial now? What does the cocktail program look like? I mean, do your are you continuing with the to-go? Are you constantly creating? Like, what are we looking for for the rest of summer? Uh, yeah, I mean, we're absolutely continuing to go. Like I said, I'm. I want to keep us. I want us to keep doing it as long as the mayor lets us keep doing it. I, I think it's great, and I think it, it's an it's a needed revenue stream again for people. If we if they can't make it in because we're busy or or whatever, we can set things up so that they can come and pick them up and take them home, so they can still experience us without it, uh, without necessarily being there. Um, I mean, you know, we're we're hoping to ramp up. Uh, we we always knew this would happen, but we kind of wanted to wait until uh, we'd had some legs under us. But we're getting ready to ramp up into into brunch sessions and brunch seasons, uh, Saturdays and Sundays. Absolutely, we're we're really excited launching full new menus on uh, in September for that with new cocktails for that as well. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we're actively always wanting to put new things on and and change things up. I think I think the cocktail menu right now is is it's summer. I like bright and refreshing things. Like even with that par for the course, like. I want you to drink something spirit forward, but I want it to still sip like you're drinking something like lighter than that. Um, I love like our carbonated beverages. Well, I got to be honest with you. I, I mean, I I don't think about tequila as a drink. I, I just I, I don't really order cocktails. That's OK. But this tequila drink is really lovely. I love the little spice at the end. I just think it's really smart. And see. honestly, if I saw this gin and tonic being delivered around the dining room, I feel like. Yeah, I think I'll have that. I'll tell it you looks, something. It for looks real. so refreshing. That is the best gin and tonic I've ever tasted. For real. Wow. I'm sorry, Sam. Thank you very much. I don't know if I've had Sam's gin I, and tonic I or wanted, not. But. I wanted that. I wanted us to have a signature cocktail that like, like people knew, but people also had never experienced Seriously, it this way Seriously, because the, the gin isn't beating me over the head. Yep. And, and I even there are juniper sweet. berries in here. But, There's even juniper berries in the glass. But honestly, and I'm, and like, it's what's not beating me over the head is the tonic. Because I sometimes find in a gin and tonic that the tonic... Like overwhelms a, a me. lot of a lot of like you know Canada Dry, Sweeps, things like that. Like Fever Tree and Q, they make great tonics. They do, but they are definitely still. Uh, yeah. They are designed to kind of just be a blanket that can go right. into a lot of things. I wanted to kind of cater my tonic to work with the Bombay That's Sapphire really that we're good. using. I wanted okay. it to be a little bit lighter. We use clarified lemon and clarified grapefruit as our citrus, so there's no actual lime in there. So it's a little bit. Lime is also a very sharp and spiky citrus. I don't know if anybody's ever said this before. And I don't want you to start preening like a bird, but you're a cocktail wizard. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Thank you so much. It's a shame we can't like 
put in music because we could have done like Jukebox Wizard. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It could have been great. All right. Andy, tell everybody, please, where they can find you personally on maybe Instagram and where we can find everything about the Imperial. Yeah, please. Uh, at uh, at the Imperial DC, um, for, for everything Imperial-wise on Instagram, I'm at Dramby Bixby. I'm, I'm the worst poster, but I, you can definitely look at a lot of the, the past aspects of my life. Um, you know, I we're we're always here. Come come by. We 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 want you. We want you yeah. to come in. We're we're happy to be back open. Uh, we're in the bottom of Adams Morgan, 2001 18th Street, um, right space. there on the corner. Right there on the corner. Wait, so is there a rooftop for that yep. space? Is there a uh, yeah, absolutely. Is it open? The, the, uh, the rooftop is. We were at Jack Rose last week, but I didn't, we didn't come next door. Okay, yep. Andy, thank you so much for joining Wait, us. Before you go and wrap up the show, I just want to say it's not jukebox wizard; it's pinball wizard. Oh, <laughs> he's a pinball wizard. All right, I mean, okay. Really. Okay. Know your uh, pop culture. I guess I don't know my pop culture. I anyway, guess you don't. I want to thank everybody in studio today. Obviously, we had an amazing conversation, and I, it just feels so good to be back in studio and to be able to be here with everybody and uh, do the show as it and is eat intended. eat food. Yes, and do this show as intended. So we want to thank you, of course, for joining us today. We will be out of town next week, but we'll be playing one of our best ofs, so you'll get in on that. Uh, if you haven't been vaccinated, I don't know what you're waiting for. Please do so so that we can all be safe. Uh, please be patient when you go into a restaurant. There is a server shortage. shortage excuse me. Uh, so please uh, keep your patience intact when you're out there. Be safe. Wear a mask if asked. And uh, all else, have a delicious week.